Hi, this is Hannah. And this is Amira. Welcome to the In Wellness Podcast. Today, we will be talking about mental health in the workplace. Does your job affect how you feel? Let's dive in. Ooh, okay, let's. I want to share before we go through the the show um, some of our Instagram re- poll results from a few weeks ago. Um, I had posted some pictures around work life balance as well as burnout and mental health at work. So um, I don't know if this is funny enough, but we had equal number of people interested in learning more about mental health at work and addressing and managing burnout. So I thought those two kind of go hand in hand even though there's nuance in terms of how they're different. Um, The second question I want to share results for was ideas for helping people stay afloat at work, whatever that means for people. Most people actually voted for taking a mental health day, which I am actually so happy about because, and I'll I'll dive into why, but um, so the top one was taking a mental health day and the second one was actually changing jobs. Um, And again, we'll dive into it in today's episode. A few people thought that it would be helpful to voice their concern at work. And others like to, I call wine and wine, which is the term I use to describe um, basically a word vomit session with your girls or with your friends that happen during a night out. Um, So very interesting that folks are identifying with mental health day and taking that i know in my current workplace instead of um instead of sick days we actually change the language to a mental health day where a wellness day so it's encompassing of wellness not just physically because i think sick days are more related to the understanding of a physical illness so if i have um, a cold or the flu i'm going to stay home i'm going to take a sick day But if I'm feeling like my mental health is impacted, I'm feeling really stressed out, I need a day to recuperate. It's more aligned with, I think, some people's feelings around taking a day, not just for their physical health. So I'm really glad that people are identifying with that. And hopefully in your workplaces, in your workplaces, um, they are moving towards more inclusive language when it comes to health overall at work. Yeah, I know those are some really good takeaways from our poll. I mean, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or anything like that, but I know in my past work experiences, they talk a lot about mental health and prioritizing it and the things that we can do to take care of ourselves. But then when it really comes down to it, there's nothing put in place to actually support that. So we'll get into that in our episode, um, but I'm, I'm glad to see that there are some places that are making the change and hopefully one day everyone can just get around to being accepting of this and inclusive and just allowing employees to take a day if they need it without the hassle of maybe getting phone calls or emails to follow up or the next day whenever they're back at work getting like snide comments or remarks about their day oh my gosh yeah (laughs) yeah that speaks so much to the workplace dynamic too because i find i've i have not participated in that but um there's definitely been workplaces where someone takes a day off because of whatever reason And because of their absence, um, there's just so much work to be done that when they come back, it's hard to be happy for them. Do you know what I mean? And I wish that wasn't the case because that speaks to the fact that the place place of work needs to hire more people (laughs) Um, versus just putting that onus on everyone that's showed up to work and has to do double the work when someone needs to take the day off. Yeah. You know what really gets me? Retail jobs. Because a lot of my part, well, 
all of my part-time jobs consisted of some sort of retail aspect. And I remember like taking a day off from one of those jobs, even when it was like a place where there were lots and lots of employees where it wouldn't really, I don't want to say wouldn't matter because I I acknowledge that everyone has a role that they play when they come into work um, and all of those things. But, you know, in a place where, you know, one person being absent for a day wouldn't cause too much of a, like, it wouldn't cause it to be super disorganized or Mm -hmm. it wouldn't, I'm just going to, I'm be, I'm alluding to the fact that I'm saying it wouldn't matter too much, but I, I hope that you guys understand the language yeah. I'm using around that. Um, and it would be such an issue. Like I remember um, way back when, and I'm holding <laughs> back really hard on not <laughs> saying the name of this company. Yes. We're not going to disclose anything about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, there were multiple employees. It was a really big shop. You know, one person being away didn't seem like it was the end of the world, but I remember the boss that I had at the time literally would be blowing up my phone and trying to get a hold of me because I had called in sick. And when I would call in sick, like if I knew I wasn't well, whether it was an actual like illness Mm -hmm. in terms of like physical sick, like then I didn't really like mind too much to to speak to her because at the end of the day, it's like, I'm literally sick. Like, what can we do? Mm -hmm. But when it was at times where I just felt like I needed a break, granted, Mm -hmm. I was working long hours. multiple times a week. This wasn't a situation where, you know, I only had like one shift a week and I was calling in sick periodically (laughs) or anything. Um, But on days where I just didn't feel well, I would have to ask coworkers just for my own anxiety to like, let me know when this particular person was in. So I could call at times when there was a higher chance that they wouldn't pick up the phone. And then when I would see that, like when I would speak to whichever manager to kind of like, let them know that I'm not coming in. Thankfully, there were a select I would say few, but I'm just going to go with a couple mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> that I knew that like we're super understanding and, and all of that. Um, and so when I would get off the phone with them, if I would see the number calling me again, I just knew I just knew it was like oh the God. person that I'm speaking of and I wouldn't pick up because I'm like, I don't like I already said what I had to say. I made the mistake um, the first time of doing that and I got an earful and I felt really, really bad. And I was like, you know, and, you know, my friends and um, family members, they're like, why do you feel bad though? Like you're sick. Like you have every right to take a sick day. But internally I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to get fired. And then now looking back on it, I'm like now actually being part of, um, like, I guess getting a job more catered towards like my career and my field, looking back at these retail jobs that I've had in the past and not to bash anyone who's in retail, but these jobs didn't, help me work towards like my career goals. They were essentially just Mm -hmm. fillers so that I had money coming in. And the way I used to literally fear like getting fired or something along those lines, it's almost like laughable now because in reality, like those things wouldn't have happened, but that's how anxious I was about the situation. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I loved everything you said um, about First of all, with retail jobs, I've had them as part-time jobs throughout um, my teenage years, my young 20s. Um, I think it's I'm grateful for those experiences because they taught me a lot about how to deal with really nasty people in the world, <laughs> whether it be customers or coworkers. It really helped me build thick skin. Um, I think it also helped me build my immune system because I don't know about others, <laughs> but I think in any retail environment, because there's so much... Um, material we work with, whether it be clothing, um, makeup, whatever you're selling, there's going to be dust accumulated. There's going to be like part of like nasty chemicals that were around. 
and people, right? Like we're touching their stuff all the time. I used to work in clothing retail. So um, literally I would be infused with other people's BOs and like everything they touch, I touch. So it definitely helped me to build a stronger immune system too. So I'm grateful for those aspects. Um, and I just want to say too, I know people where retail is their career and that is like they're managing a shop or they're working there full time. And honestly, it's it's such a... I have so much respect for people in the service industry, um, especially retail and especially um, wage, waiters and waitresses and bartenders and um, yeah, bar- bartenders and servers because they really see human nature. Like when, you know, when the sun sets <laughs> at night, like people just feel like they're entitled to stuff that they shouldn't really um put down put um any sort of nasty comments to servers and and um bartenders whatever but they do and I've seen it and it's it's even it's really nasty to witness and yeah I think so anyway like, go ahead I was just gonna say I think it goes back to like the workplace p- culture where they all they say like the customer is always right um and that's no. <laughs> yeah it's like to appease the customer to have them come back in again to have them recommend your shop or your company or whatever it is and to some extent like yeah, you want to be accommodating from the other, like the retailer's point of view or mm. um, servers or whoever, like you want to be accommodating to the customer because you want them to have a good time. But there's also like a line you have to draw where it's like, you can't just stand there. And this is like for like the person that's being disrespectful on the other side and, you know, continue to like call names or shout or scream or, you know, be threatening and expect to get really great service. And a lot of the times you see like, employees like literally standing there taking it because they know that if they say something, then there's a high chance that they'll get fired or, you know, they'll get some sort of reprimand on their end, which I think is totally unfair. I think that there should be kind of like, and I've seen companies implement this where there's like a fine line where it's like, if you, if the other person starts to get disrespectful, then you're allowed to just walk away. You don't necessarily have to like fight back, but you can just say like, I'm sorry, but, um, I'm going to go call someone else to deal with the situation. But there are some companies where it's like, yeah, sure. Call the manager if, if they're, if the other person is requesting for the manager to be called, but if they're not saying that you have to kind of stand there and facilitate that and deal with it until this person has like calmed down and gotten whatever it is that they think that they like should have gotten. Yeah. I think with the insight I have now going through all these jobs and seeing these um, situations as kind of in the background as a different customer, I feel like they're um, on top of what you said about, you know, the protocols in the workplace. There's also this insight I have around, well, do I want them as a customer? Do I want them as a a returning customer? Or am I okay to forego this opportunity and working with them again? And a lot of times I'll say, yeah, I'm okay to forego this opportunity because I know there's a majority of the time really pleasant people that want to shop here and are being really... um, open to kind of suggestions and and me supporting them and not kind of throw it back at me. (laughs) So there's that too. I think the biggest fear for people now are others are so quick to like whip out their phones and like record the situation where you almost want to be like, as soon as you see the phone come out, you almost want to be like extra compassionate, which is like fine to do. But then it's also just so sad because then you see this other person just trying to be extra, extra nice who's still getting berated. And it's almost like, like, it's just like this never ending cycle of, of that mentality. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know we talked a little bit about this through the examples we shared, but what are some 
examples you've seen either you've like other example examples you've had um dealt with or seen in a workplace when it comes to um other coworkers or yourself dealing with mental health challenges um i think like okay for me i didn't really understand like workplace mental health to the extent that I do now. Mm -hmm. I think looking back, I just saw it as like, okay, like I'm just not feeling good today. So I'm going to take a day off. And I can even remember as far back as when I was in middle school, like, I I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I remember this day where like, I wasn't sick, like nothing was wrong with me, like in that aspect, like physically. And I was like, no, like I'm not going to school today. Like I need to stay home. And everyone was so confused and they're like, why? And then, so whatever, like I took my day and while I was home, like I just, I, within like the timeline that I had created for myself, I was tackling different school projects. Not that like I left things to like last minute and was scrambling because I had something due the next day, but I felt like I had an extra day almost to kind of work on things so that when I did go back to school the next day, I wasn't as stressed out. And I remember like after I did that, that one day, I felt so good about it. Like I was like, whoa, like here I was on one hand stressed that I'd be missing things at school. But then I know, or like I knew that I just couldn't go today. And I stayed home and I accomplished so much. Now I feel so much better and I'm ready to tackle the day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like it wasn't until probably like getting ready for this episode and, you know, thinking about some of the things I wanted to speak on that I remembered that where mental, like taking like quote unquote, like mental health days has been a thing for me since like, yeah, <laughs> even um, before you knew what it was called or even before yeah. I had a name. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to tell myself that, okay, at least like every, like, I don't even know, let's just say like every three months or every like four months, just take a day, just take a day for you. And I Mm -hmm. like, because of the way, like my mentality was before, sometimes I would equate that to being like, oh, you're being lazy or you're giving yourself like a day for what, like, um, you can do it. Like, why are you acting like, you know, you need like this time off or whatever, like whatever, selectively putting this time off. Um, but now like really understanding, this whole thing better. I'm like, no, like that was so smart of me. Like little me, like in my, like half of my mind was like telling me what the appropriate thing was to do. And then there was the the other half, which like consists of like anxiety and like overthinking that was like fighting it. And Mm -hmm. now that I'm not fighting it, I just like, when I do take these days, I just feel so much better without the guilt. Cause before there was guilt attached to it. Now I'm like, no, I needed a day. Like, what are you going to do? Like, come for me. Like I'm done. Like I needed a day. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I, I so agree with that. And I think I'm still fighting internal stigma when it comes to taking a day for myself when it's around mental health or just feeling um, overwhelmed. And I used to, and I still, I think from time to time feel this way, I'm working on it, but let's say I'm taking a day to myself and I just wanted to go to a local coffee shop and just sit down and people watch and just enjoy the day. Um, or if I'm like walking on the streets, I, I'm just, you know, kind of letting my thoughts come to me. I am on um, around the neighborhood where, for example, my workplace is located. I will have thoughts um, of, oh, what if people at work saw me? And that, um, what do I say to them that I'm between, I don't know, doctor's appointments? Like, what do I tell them? And this internal struggle has been with me for so long. And I think at one point, I just told myself, I'm going to stand up for why I took a day off if people asked. You know, I really just need a day off to myself. And, you know, I appreciate you checking on me. How's work going? Like, I kind of turn it back to a different subject because really it's none of their business. And even if they try to make it their business, I'm not going to 
feel obligated to tell them everything that I was doing on my day off um, just because they happen to see me. And by the way, that actually never happens. It's all <laughs> in my head in terms of like worst case scenarios, because I don't want to be perceived as someone who's lazy at work. I don't want to be perceived as someone who's incapable, who um, has issues, you know, whatever that means, because not because I think there's anything wrong with that, but I think because how people are treated yeah. and I never want to be treated than, than, um, less than what I think I deserve or what, how I treat other people. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. Cause there'd be so many times where like, let's say I was off or whatever. I, I would be hesitant to like, you know, um, post things or if I did something in particular that day and I wanted to like talk about it later, I'd be really mindful of like, leaving out kind of when I did it because I didn't want them to circle back to the fact that I had done it when I was supposed to be elsewhere. Yeah. And this, I mean, I know we're talking about workplace mental health, but this goes for like mental health days, like all over. Like I know sometimes yeah. we have like social commitments and sometimes we're like, I really just can't. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I think that the issue that I've kind of seen in this is that there are people who really don't understand mental health and that's super unfortunate. Um, they don't want to educate themselves around the topic. So when they do hear of people saying things like, oh, mental health day, or um, I needed a day for myself. And they're just almost like, well, it, you're just making up excuses. Like that's ridiculous. Like if I can be here every single day, why can't you? And I think that that just comes back to the fact that like, I really love that you and I are doing this because we're kind yeah. of putting it out there on our own platform of what these things are. Um, and hopefully for people who are listening and have maybe family members or coworkers or friends, they can help like this can help better. Look, sorry, this can help them better explain mm -hmm. these things to them or just in general. Like I like platforms and, and resources and tools that really put it out there just to that education piece, I think is missing from like a lot of people's perspective. Mm -hmm. I think this goes back to if we can't see it, it doesn't exist. You know, this that this sentence kind of carries to um, different things, especially when it comes to health. Like if you can't see an injury, if you can't see someone who's sick unwell, that means they're fine. That means yeah. other um, troubles don't exist. That's not true because things yeah. that we cannot see exist so real. And it, it's sometimes more real than the things we can see. Um, and I think going back to your point about um, outside of work, this also applies in terms of taking it a day just from um, kind of refrain from engaging in social activities when needed. So I feel like I went through this phase throughout um, these past two years where I had months of just hermiting. <laughs> There's no other way to say it, but like I really hermited. Um, and I don't know why I felt it was needed, but at the time I almost made myself feel really bad that I didn't want to socialize. I was like, what's wrong with me? How come I don't want to engage with um, some of my best friends? Like, I don't want to even like go out. What is going on? Obviously with the restrictions in place uh, in mind, I wasn't trying to break any rules. And then when I, when time kind of naturally happened, like it, I came out of that naturally. And for example, recently I've been feeling really in touch with um, my social life, really just engaging with friends I haven't chatted in a very long time and actually going out to see them when I can. And I just felt like, wow, I haven't felt this good about socializing in so long. And I feel like it's because part of it is because I haven't uh, I listened to myself when I needed to hermit and I hermited so that when I was ready to socialize, I could put out 120%. And when I meet with my friends in person, I have so much just energy for them, energy for whatever we're doing. And 
And like you said, I think it's important to apply that in our social life too, not just in our workplaces. Yeah. And it it goes back, at least for me, to like energy. And like, if I think if I'm already drained and doing something else um, or involving myself in a situation where I don't necessarily like need to be that I know is going to further drain my energy, it's like my own boundary to kind of step back and say, you know, like, I think I'm just going to stay home tonight. I just, you know, and then use that time to, I guess, recharge. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Have you by any chance just witnessed um your either coworkers or colleagues or your friends going through periods where they're not doing well in terms of mentally um and what does that look like how does that impact your relationship with them from like a collegial point of view or as a friend um it's really hard because i know like some of my coworkers are actually like my best friends yeah um and it's really difficult because it's for me, like, I'm very like empathetic. I almost, I like, I am that person that's like, you know, I don't want you to feel that way. Like, give me all of those feelings. I'll feel it. It's okay. Um, I just want you to be better. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, continuing to have open, like open conversations about it and suggestion, suggesting ways that, um, we can, and I say we, because I'm very much like, okay, we can do this. Like we will tackle this. (laughs) Um, But just suggesting ways that they can cope with it a little bit better. I mean, for me, I'm always like, just take a day, like literally don't do anything today. Stay in bed. If you want, go to the gym, if you want, Mm -hmm. like watch TV, like it doesn't matter. Like the the building will not fall apart if you're Mm -hmm. not there, like it's okay. Um, And then just kind of reminding them that you know, there are other options, you know, like we, I think sometimes get into this mindset where when we're like working at a job, we kind of think that like, okay, we just have to put up with certain things, or this is kind of like the end all be all. But there are so many other jobs out there that, you know, you could potentially receive better treatment at, or Mm -hmm. if the work that you're doing itself is so draining, maybe there's another job out there where you won't walk away feeling that way. You know, it could be in the same field down the same career line, but maybe just the overall environment is what needs to be changed. But overall, it's really hard, especially when it's someone that's close to you and you know that like nothing you can do will really change their situation. And they're kind of stuck. It's like, I don't know, for me, it's almost like I'm going through it, through it with them, but it's like, I don't want to take away from their pain and say like, I completely understand how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just like open ears and being there for them whenever, I think that's like the most important thing. Um, yeah. So in terms of like what I have witnessed, um, from other people I've worked with, I find that when they're not in it in terms of like not committed to the work and that could be due to their mental health challenges where they're not doing, they need to take, I don't know, two weeks off, not even just one day. I see that there is a lack of engagement, even just with small talk in the office. If they're the person that would likely engage that otherwise, if their like behavior suddenly changes or if um, they'll express to me, like, I'm on my capacity, I don't wanna, I don't have any capacity to like do any collaboration on projects with you. Um, and then that prolongs for very long periods without kind of recovering to what um, a good kind of work balance would look like. Then I'm questioning, like, are they okay? Are they starting to burn out? Um, and like you said, it's really challenging to watch someone go through that because, yes, I wanna help and, if they reach out to me, I would definitely be there for them. But I think the hardest part is for them to actually say something about it. 
I think rarely do I actually have a, a coworker come up to me like, hey, I'm not doing well. Can we chat about um, what's going on? I want I want your support or I, I want to talk to you about this. Like, I don't think this ever happened to me. I think a majority of the time it's me saying, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. And I just wish that stigma around reaching out for help when it's needed is not that hard. You know, like I wish that stigma didn't exist. I wish it was um, common for coworkers or friends to just reach out to each other before things really um, get to a point where it becomes unmanageable. Yeah. I mean, I kind of did the opposite of you where you said you like to have like that boundary between coworkers and your professional relationships. Mm -hmm. I just went ahead and brought my best friends into work and literally was like, oh, there's an opening, apply, apply. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I know you're definitely right where sometimes, I mean, there are coworkers that I have that probably wouldn't be the ones to come to me right off the bat to say like, hey, I'm going through something. Whereas I can kind of notice by their demeanor or the things that they're saying or the way that they're kind of acting that something is wrong. I guess like in like part-time jobs, I've never really had to experience that because it was so like, you know, you're on shift and you're off shift and when you're off shift, it's like, who cares? Like (laughs) I I never really communicated with anyone outside of work for like part-time jobs with the exception of like our job that we work together just because that was a little different. I feel like in places where there's like 24 hour support, you're going to be communicating with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, But in like my previous job, I think that after a certain point, Um, and honestly, I don't know what it is because I've heard at different places within similar jobs that this wasn't the case, but at least like for on my end, we all got really close to the Mm -hmm. point where like, if we would see someone in like a different room doing their own thing with like whichever kid that they were supporting, we would make a point to like drop in and then just kind of go off about our day and what was wrong or in general, if something had happened, like I really liked that bonding and This was like an age group where, you know, not that everyone was my age and I'll just like put my age out there because I don't mind. Like I'm 27. So like we weren't all 27. Like I had people that were like double my age. You know what I mean? And we were all kind of like connected in that way, which I thought was really nice. Um, But I know it's not like that in all workplaces. Like I I think it's like you have to kind of get your bearings first and, Mm -hmm. you know, establish those relationships and bonds before it can ever be that comfortable. So, yeah. yeah, it really just to go, goes to show that stress, burnout, mental health challenges does not discriminate. It can impact anyone and everyone. And it's great that you're able to um, connect with coworkers that maybe we normally wouldn't have the opportunity to connect to based on their identity, like identifying information, like such as their age, gender, sex, whatever, outside of work. And it, I think sometimes work could be a really great place to build those relationships that Sometimes I otherwise wouldn't be able to, for example, meet someone my mom's age, for example, and then get along really well with them and understand how they work and then kind of even get wisdom from their experiences because they have more work experiences. So I really look to those experiences um, in my workplace. I also have been, I don't know if if you feel this, but I have this thing where I know because I entered the kind of job and like part-time I started part-time jobs really young I worked started working in middle school um here and there um and because of that I always felt like I needed to act older than my actual age and that has carried on over up to this day even though like I'm legally able to work I'm a grown-ass woman but sometimes I feel like I need to act a certain way to 
be relatable to people, um, other people who may not be born the same era as I was or didn't have the similar upbringing. And um, it really impacts kind of my perception of who I am at work and it actually impacts my mental health. I feel like the places where I've worked, where I can feel, I feel like really comfortable with myself, really comfortable with showing up, I'm happier. I'm happier yeah. there. I want to work harder. I want to work there longer. I see myself growing with a team versus places where I feel like I have to be very pretentious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't last as long at all. I know that in a past episode, I mentioned of how I always kind of felt like the youngest one. Mm. And now thinking back on it and even just like evaluating my relationships with coworkers, I have this like habit and I always make sure it's okay with this other per like the other person that I'm referring to. Whereas anyone that is old enough to be like a grandparent figure, I literally start calling them like grandma or grandpa. Again, always making sure that they're okay <laughs> yeah. with it first and it's not offending them. And through that, like we've developed such great relationships. Like I have a handful of grandparents who are not at all biologically related to me, <laughs> but I to this day will text them and be like grandma and like, you know, proceed yeah. with the rest of the conversation. Um, so all these people that I've connected with that it, you know, it, with the whole aspect of like gaining wisdom, gaining knowledge, seeing things from their perspective. Um, Cause I think a lot of the times there's like, kind of like this gap between mm -hmm. our age group and then people that are older than us. Um, and that sometimes it's hard for people to kind of understand where they're thinking versus for them to understand where we're kind of at. And I found that it was always super interesting to kind of hear their take on it and then to be like, well, and then insert my opinion. And then we would ge like genuinely have good conversations, whether it was about mental health, whether it was about um, the workplace environment or certain situations that came up in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really thankful for those people because I know some people like go into it and they're like, oh, like if they go into a certain in like work environment where everyone is significantly older, they can kind of feel like they don't belong or they don't fit in because they can't relate. Um, but I've always found comfort in kind of being like, hey, grandma, like, what's up? Like, tell me about your day. Like, and they'll go off about something like that I don't even care about or like have any interest in. And then by the end of it, I'll be like, oh, that was interesting. And I'll take takeaways and be like, oh, like to other people. Oh, did you know that this had happened? And like, they'll have the same reaction that I kind of had in the beginning, but then I'll kind mm -hmm. of share that wisdom that I heard from like whoever and it's just like, it's a combination of all of our thoughts and like how we think. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this really great outcome for certain situations, not for all, but um, I have a soft <laughs> yeah. spot in my heart for those people. Yeah, I think it's, um, I'm definitely impacted by a culture this way where um, parental figures are sometimes eh, like it depends on how, um, you know, whose parents it is, whose, um, yeah, whose parents it is. But when it comes to grandparents, it's like no matter whose grandparent they are, I just feel like that bond with them. And I think that terminology of, you know, using to call someone grandma or like in my culture is like nai nai. Um, it's so endearing and it doesn't really matter what wrongs they've done in their previous life. It's like, I love you <laughs> no matter what. Um, so I think to, to actually call someone in my culture or like, I guess for you to like someone grandmother or something to that effect is actually more of more than just that I want to be close to you but it's almost like this sense of respect I respect if I respect what you have to say because I recognize that your age comes with a certain amount of wisdom and life experiences yeah and I mean don't get me wrong because sometimes I'd be like no 
that you're wrong. <laughs> like that does not yeah. make any sense, grandma, like, or like grandpa get with it. But I appreciated that they took the time to also listen to me. And I think like you said, like that whole thing of like calling someone like a grandparent, it's like a different level of endearment where they almost were like, fine, fine granddaughter. Like, what do you have to say? <laughs> you know? So yeah. yeah. Love that. Okay. So let's go into more of how we can face these challenges at work when it comes to not feeling well or stressed out. What would you recommend for people to do? Um, okay. So personally, where I, when I found out that I was not found out, I kind of knew that I was hitting like a breaking point with one of my jobs. Um, and I knew that I was exhausted just because of like the workload and what I was doing throughout the day. Um, but I didn't quite know that it was like mentally affecting me until I started developing these migraines like before work had even started I would wake up and I would just already not want to get out of bed which I know sometimes is typical because like no one really wants to be up at 5 a.m but like I literally felt like I could not and I would get up get up at like the absolute last second possible Mm -hmm. um and like even on my way to work even before the day had had even started like my head like it would just really just like start to pound and I'm not I've never had migraines in the past I didn't never thought it was something that Um, it was never something I had to be mindful of because I just, it was just never a thing. Mm -hmm. So I started using like roller balls, essential oils. Like I was using tiger ball. (laughs) Which by the way, I introduced to you for folks. I know. Thank you. (laughs) I'm like the unofficial tiger bomb ambassador. I just have them in my purse. Here you go. (laughs) It saved me. Like I literally, like I put it everywhere, like on my temples, on my like glands, like And it got to the point where I'm like, I have to like self-medicate so much and this job just sucks. And like, it has nothing to do with what I actually want to be doing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm at this block where like, even though I'm making suggestions of other things that I could be doing within the same job that would be beneficial for everyone, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. myself included, nothing I'm saying is really like, I don't see any change that's when I knew I'm like, you can't possibly like live the rest of your life like this, like just apply out, see if there's anything else. I mean, if there isn't, then at least you still have money coming in until there isn't, I mean, until there is. Um, so I really had to push myself to take that leap because I think you get really comfortable in a certain like workplace Mm -hmm. because you know, everyone, um, in my case, like I knew all of like the clients, um, I had a really close relationship with the clients and their, their parents. And it was just like a very comfortable environment, but then it just hit a point where I'm like, this isn't serving anyone because I'm not able to one help myself and two bring my best self to work to help these kids. Like it just wasn't working. Like I was miserable every single day. I was miserable. Um, and I would become complaining like left, right and center. And yeah. everyone would just kind of say, well, then get a different job. And I'm like, you guys don't <laughs> get it until I actually got to that point where I'm like, you know what? It's really, really not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't to say that like the job that I had was all around terrible. I just think that it was a really hard year for everyone with all of the different learning curves. Um, mm-hmm. We had a change in um kind of like our bosses. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give away anything because I'm not (laughs) trying to bash anyone, but we had a change. But yeah, I think it was a learning curve for everyone because it was a new environment and it was, it was a hard year with COVID and all the restrictions. And I don't think that it was, I was going to say, I don't think that it's anyone's fault, but I kind of do take that back because I think that certain things could have been done differently. And had they been done differently, I honestly would have stayed. But I think 
also it was no one's fault because I don't want to just put it on one particular person because like I mentioned, there were other changes that were taking place that were out of people's control. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest way of dealing with it was just kind of getting out of it because I tried for really, really long and it, it just wasn't working. And then when it got to the point where it's like, I was then using sick days left, right and center without even caring, which I knew like, <laughs> was like a telling sign for me yeah. um, that I'm like, okay, you're either going to get like a letter that literally says you have no more sick days and you're going to have to go into like unpaid sick days, which at the time I was like, I don't even care if I have to take unpaid. Like that's how like beat down I was with everything. Like I was just exhausted that I'm like, okay, like I need to change the environment. Like this is not serving me. And then I applied out and thankfully it all worked out. Um, I still do have a lot of love and respect for this place. I literally sometimes like this morning I woke up, I had a dream. I'm not joking. I had a dream (laughs) of my old workplace and I have very fond memories, but I just Mm -hmm. think that like it reached a point where like, I just was like, I need to, something needs to be serving. Like it, it doesn't serve me anymore, basically. So. Yeah. Wow. That's what you shared. Um, I can relate so much to in terms of, okay, for one, I also used to experience a lot of anxiety before work. And I just thought that was me. I just thought I was an anxious person and I am to some degree, but it wasn't until that I, got a job where I didn't get anxiety every morning or often in the morning that I then realized, okay, well, it is possible to not feel anxious before work. I did not know this. Um, And it just, you know what, I'm grateful again for those opportunities because they taught me what work setup works for me. So for example, I just learned that driving as part of my job is not like, it's not a thing for me. I please no driving. I will commute <laughs> to whoever and wherever um, during my workday. But if I have to drive, that's just like an added layer that I learned that really impacts my stress level. Um, and yeah, it wasn't until I had a different experience then I realized sometimes how toxic um, certain workplaces were for me because it wasn't a fit. Like what you mentioned really fond memories, really great work, but it just wasn't the right fit. And I feel that in my younger years, I almost had this want of wanting to fix everything, wanting to take ownership for the whole workplace, even though I wasn't in any managerial position to make those changes. I felt like it was important for me to voice those opinions. And a lot of times they were not addressed. They were just brushed off because I'm not seen as someone who, um, Maybe I didn't have experience with advocating for uh, myself and other coworkers, but also it's just, I think my position also didn't help in terms of I wasn't in any managerial position. And so it's easy for me, for them to kind of dismiss um, my comments. Um, and not to say like all my comments were dismissed. I think some of them were really implemented, especially when it had to do with safety concerns in the workplace. And um, I think something I've learned is that you just like, I just learned that it's time when it's time to go, it's time to go. And I think you went through this recently. And um, I'll give an example. So after graduation, after, yeah, after graduating, I got a really good job at a place where I think a lot of my fellow um, classmates would have loved to work. Um, it was very well known in the community in terms of the place of um, employment. And I didn't 
I, I, I didn't last very long time there because I knew right off the bat that the timing, the, the type of work, what I was expected to do and everything else that was happening in my private life was not a good fit at that time. And I just told myself, it's so hard to give this up, um, give this opportunity up. But I think in the long run of things, I'm going to be so grateful that I did. And shortly after I left um, that job, I found a different work position and workplace. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways, people would say, well, this place you found is less desirable because X, Y, Z reasons. But I knew in my heart that it was the right decision to make and I went for it. And yeah, I didn't, I haven't regretted that choice um, ever since. And I think sometimes it's about really listening to your intuitions and maybe this doesn't work for everyone, but I'm a person that is really, I think my intuition speak before um, thoughts will formulate. So if I don't feel really positive towards something, if something that doesn't bring me good energy, like you mentioned, or light, um, then I'm going to question it um, more than I have before. Usually I just, I think I would just like bite my tongue and like stick through it which is something I've done before. But now that I'm older, and maybe it comes with a privilege of, I know I'll be able to find work again. I'm a little bit more picky in terms of what I say yes to. Yeah, I think it definitely comes with time and work experience. Because I think when you're first starting out, um, the general notion is that you're just, you're really grateful for even like landing a job. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And then because now that you have like this income coming in with whatever benefits or you know, things attached to it, it's so hard to let that go because you're almost kind of like, okay, well, where else am I going to get this? Like, sure, it sucks because of A, B, and C, but I have all of these things that, you know, I, that are great things to have that I may not get in other jobs. But I think that once you're kind of used to, you know, just even like looking at jobs for fun, like no one's saying that like, while you're working a job, you can't, look at other jobs, not in the sense that like, you're going to go apply to them and like be disloyal to your company or anything like that, but just like, just for yourself to set up your own career path and your own goals. And where do you want to be in like 10 years, 20 years and what will get you there? Right. I don't think there's any shame in kind of like looking to see what's out there. Um, but I think once you've been through it so many times, like in the sense of like, okay, you're switching jobs or maybe switching roles or agencies, companies, you just kind of, it's like, it's like a good introduction into like, then moving into like switching jobs entirely. Um, and I think like, for me, like I was super hesitant in the beginning, um, because I'm like, oh, I have it so good. Like why, like on paper, where else am I going to find it this Mm -hmm. good? You know? And like, like this speaks because of like, you know, I was getting a pension, which I was like, I'm set for (laughs) retirement. Like I can't possibly. Same exact situation to the point. Like, yeah. yeah, We're telling why are you giving this up? The pension is great. (laughs) Exactly. And I would hear it from everyone. Like my own family members would be like, you're, you're being ridiculous. Like, you know, when you retire, you're really going to regret it. And I'm like, okay, but like at this point, honestly, I don't know if your girl's going to make it to retirement. (laughs) So I was thinking about, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, now that I've done the job switch, um, and just in general, just kind of immerse myself in the world of LinkedIn and, you know, Mm -hmm. really like seeing what's out there. I feel like if I ever wanted to apply elsewhere, not saying that I'm going to, I'm just saying like, generally speaking, um, it's a lot easier because I've already ripped off that bandaid of like worries, you know? Yeah. And I see people online, like they're getting new jobs left, right and center. And I'm like, how, how are you doing it? It's possible. (laughs) So possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I will share, um, I think instead of sharing two journal prompts, I'll save those for our Instagram page. 
And I do just want to share um, something I've learned through my reading. I thought that would be helpful for our listeners if you are on the verge of thinking about or planning to leave your workplace, because uh, we talked a lot about this in this episode. So I do want to introduce something I learned. It's from the book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. It's by Amelia uh, Nagoski with her sister, Emily Nagoski. And in the book, they have this really great oper- um, really great activity that I kind of used um, in the time that I was trying to decide whether or not I should stay or go, um, that really helped me. So this activity is something you can either do in your mind and in your, in your head or something you can actually write down. And it has two sections. So the first one being staying the same, staying in the situation that is happening right now. And the other option is quitting. So moving on, whatever that looks like. And then underneath each sections, list out again mentally or like physically write down immediate and long-term benefits as well as immediate and long-term cost of either staying or leaving and i just want to remind um our listeners if you're choosing to do this exercise when we're talking about short-term and long-term costs don't just think about the lack of paychecks you might get uh not be getting for the next few months Also consider things that are not monetary in terms of other costs. So things like emotional drain, that's a a cost or um, feeling like a mental toll in terms of staying or leaving. That's also another cost we don't often think about. Um, It's not just about money because we often associate cost um, with, oh, am I gonna lose on two months worth of paychecks? No, it's not all about that. You have to also consider Is this going to take a toll on my relationship with my partner if I stay or quit my job? Is there going to be a cost associated um, when I decide to quit and um, I lose contacts with um, my really close colleagues there? Is that a cost that I should consider? So think about all those things. And um, I think that this exercise may help people who are craving a more concrete way to figure out whether or not they should make this decision. Because sometimes I think staying or leaving a job sometimes feels like an emotional decision, even though I feel that having concrete kind of logical steps as to, you know, the pros and cons essentially of why I should stay and go, um, it could be helpful. So I hope that our listeners find this exercise helpful. If you're interested, check out the book because it does explain it a little bit Um, more in depth in the context of the book. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. I think the last point that you made really speaks volumes to work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people put work as such a top tier in their life, which is fine and fair to do, but life is so much bigger than work. And that's not to say that like you don't have to be working or you shouldn't be working and you should be paying attention to like all of these other random things. But I think that if you find a really good balance, your overall mental health, even if you don't think that you have any like signs and symptoms of like any type of mental health aspect, whether it be anxiety, depression, like I think just doing a check and like asking yourself, like, are you really happy? Like if you could change one thing, what would it be? And how can you get there? And I think looking at your life that way, it really puts things into perspective. 
Yeah. But with that, we will introduce our next episode, which is going to be all about the mind-body connection. Um, mind-body connection is crucial in repairing or enhancing our well-being. In the next episode, we're going to talk about how we can be more in tune with ourselves through building self-awareness. And this episode will be available on March 31st at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you like this episode, feel free to give us a comment on the platform that you are listening from and follow us on our Instagram account at inwellness. See you next time. Bye.